Welcome to the GigTube Podcast, hosted by Chad Polenz, a full-time gig economist since 2018. Each week, Chad talks to a fellow gig worker, content creator, or an industry insider to dig deep into the world of the gig economy. Let's see what they discover this week. Hey, welcome to our episode of, well, <clears throat> this is not an interview with a GigTuber. This is, I, like, I, when, we're, when I'm interviewing an app developer or somebody in the industry, I always say, meet this person. So tonight we're going to meet Gary Middleton of Middleton Technologies. How you doing, man? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, if you've been watching um, this week's gig news, you might have noticed that I've been running ads for two products that Gary made, the Driver's Utility Helper and the uh, Maximo. And uh, I thought it would be fun to have Gary on the show because sometimes uh, you'll see him in the comments section. And uh, Gary is not just an app developer, but you actually do gig work yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I try to go out as much as possible. I don't do it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still at least you know four or five days a week. That's that's still a lot. Sorry, well, my, I was doing it. I was doing it seven days a week. My uh, I got my my Android phone here with the Flex Alert, and it keeps uh making the noise like, hey, there's a new block available. Yeah. Found block. Found block. All right, so. Let's let's start at the beginning. So, are you Florida born and raised? Uh, born, yes. Raised, no. Um, uh, I was actually born on Davis Island. That's over there off the coast of Tampa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was born there, but um, uh, I grew up in actually uh, Oklahoma. Oh, uh, okay. And how'd you make your way back to Florida? Um, I wanted to move here, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I came here as a child all the time, you know, um, basically summers and when my parents wanted to come down here, we'd just get up and come down here. Um, but in 2020, I decided I wanted to move down here, so I just packed up and moved. Oh, you moved here like a year ago? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you right, have- right, right before the pandemic hit. <laughs> and why did you choose Melbourne? Uh, I actually just came to this side because of the Space Coast side, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's I, I like space. I like technology. Mm-hmm. So um, I think less hurricanes hit this side. Hmm. I have friends that live out in uh, Cocoa Beach. In fact, they're the ones that inspired me to move to Florida. They got a job with a Florida beer company in 2015. And uh, they were like, always calling me and you know text me like oh florida is so much better than new york and then uh it's kind of a long story but i was like you know what i think i'm gonna move to florida too and my friends are raving about it so <clears throat> although i stay with my aunt who lived in haines city which is in the middle of nowhere it's like between kissimmee and tampa and uh like it's in polk county but it's like way out there in the orange groves <laughs> So um, did you did you just so you've always been around Orlando then? then. Yeah, I've been. It's basically up and down I four. When I first moved here, I was in Polk County, and then I my first job I got was in Orlando, and then but I was only there for a few months, and then I got a job with Publix, so I went back to Polk County, and you know I was doing Uber and Lyft, and I would you know I've gone from all up and down I four 
uh, for various jobs and everything. And then I moved to Sanford like three and a half years ago. And so now I'm like, you know, further north on I-4. Like Daytona Beach is only about half hour, 45 minutes away. And uh, actually, I think it's quicker to get to Daytona than it is to get to Orlando. <clears throat> Probably. Yeah. I've never been to, I've never been to Daytona. Um, I do like Miami a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do go down there, but it's very expensive to live down there. Yeah. I know. Um, well, we got to give a shout out to UDM. He's not in Miami, the city of Miami. He's like in the suburbs, uh, a little North of them. And I remember a few months ago, he, uh, I guess you guys teamed up, you know, you gave him a phone and he was promoting driver's utility helper, which we'll talk about in a minute. Have you uh have you met him in person or you just uh talked to him online? No, I I talked to him online. I didn't give him the phone though. He oh. actually went down and and got his own phone. Oh, okay. I thought uh, yeah. I thought you gave him one. But no. yeah, yeah, he did a whole video like a walkthrough of DUH or duh. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, he he is one of the uh main promoters of my app. Um mm-hmm. I I talked to him on the phone quite a bit, but I've never actually met him. Oh, okay. So yeah, let's uh let's get into that. So I mean, you're Gary Middleton of Middleton Technologies. Um, how did you get into uh, like app development? Uh, from a video game. <laughs> well, well, that's how I got into coding was from a video game. Um, you know, I I don't know if you've played very much online gaming. I'm assuming you have though. No, no. Um, but there, there have been, you know, certain games like The Sims and things like that. And some of those games allow you to create other games within those games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's basically how I got into coding is I started creating a game inside of a game. Um, then in, well, I've been doing this a while. So was it 2014, I started gig work part-time here and there doing uber and lyft you know and then 2016 i launched uh, maximo my very first app mm-hmm. uh, that was the very first app i ever did and that was uh to actually help drivers back then switch just between uber and lyft that's all it did it didn't do any automation or anything you just switched between one and another mm-hmm so were you uh, self-taught as far as learning coding, or did you go to yeah. school for that? No, all, all self-taught. Um, ordered some books off Amazon. Um, learned how to use the uh, IDEs and just kind of went from there. YouTube eventually became more and more popular. Um, then you got some coding sites that pop up here and there. And, mm-hmm. and um, now, I'm, now I'm pretty proficient at it that uh i do a lot of my learning just directly from like google or apple documents stuff like that Hmm. yeah because i uh long time viewers of my channel should know i spent like all all 2020 taking a cybersecurity course through ucf and there's a little bit of coding in it like there's a whole we spent like about a month on python and like for me like code is like it's like looking at the matrix, you know, like, like it's just all, you know, numbers and letters and stuff. And it's kind of like, I mean, coding is like, I mean, they call it a computer language for a reason. Like it is a language. Like you actually have to kind of like translate it. 
So do you do you write your code in Python? Uh, no, I do all mine in Java, which is what Android's built off of. Uh, well, Java and Kotlin, mm -hmm. um, which Kotlin's the actual programming language that Google this their official language for Android coding. Um, now, now I know a lot of languages. Um, you know, I know Java, I know Kotlin, um, uh, Swift, mm -hmm. PHP. MySQL, and the list just goes on and on and on from mm -hmm. there. You know, I, I learn them as I go. If I need to learn something specific, then I'll go learn it. Then I'll program it. Hmm. So uh, let's let's go back to like the beginning where you're talking about when you uh, came up with Maximo. Um, so you were a rideshare driver yourself at that time, and you just like wanted something to make it easier to switch between the two platforms, or how did that come about? No, uh, I was actually a safety director for a trucking company oh. whenever I started doing Uber and Lyft. Um, I started doing it just as a part-time gig here and there. Mm -hmm. um, and then once I got into coding, you know, I started doing more of the safety aspect of it, trying to toggle two phones as you're driving down the road, trying to switch back and forth on one phone. It just wasn't very safe. And so I was like, there's got to be a safer way to do this. And so that's why I decided to come up with Maximo. Um, at the time, um, Maestro was coming out with their thing as well, you mm -hmm. know, which is the competitor to Maximo. Uh, and I tried to do some collaboration with them back then, um, and they didn't want to. So instead of working with them, I just created my own app from there. Because I already had Maximo before Maestro was out. It just wasn't a full automation app. It was just a basic app switcher, and you would um, touch and touch one of the buttons on the screen and then swap over to the other app for you. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and then, excuse me. And so I just kind of grew up from there. And, like, how is it different now than it was back in the day? <laughs> uh well, uh, leaps back, and in, back in 2015, it was uh, just, like I said, it was an overlay on your screen, kind of like the DUH overlay that pops up. Mm -hmm. um, and you would click, you know, you'd have icons for Uber, Lyft, um, and I think that's all this, and Google Maps and Waze. And you would click one, and it would switch you in between those apps without you having to hit a home button, bring up the other app. Um, compared to today, it's a full automation app. So that means it, it'll take you online, offline. It'll accept and decline based on your own personal preferences. Mm -hmm. um, and now it supports what Uber, Lyft, um, Grubhub, Uber Eats, Zoom, or Zoomy, Ola, Diddy. Mm -hmm. And I think there's one more, which the other ones are overseas companies. You ever uh, like that 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 ad that we run on my show is from a couple of years ago. You're uh, thinking of like updating that to like include the fact that it's more than just rideshare driving now. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. eventually. Uh, eventually, all my stuff will get updated as far as documentations or videos. Mm -hmm. The problem that comes with that is I'm a one man show. Mm -hmm. So I do all the coding, I do all the UI designs, 
Um, I do all the customer support, tech support, billing support, um, mm -hmm. and then trying to get the animations done and all that stuff. You know, I have to outsource all that, so that's very costly as well. Yeah, to the like somebody who makes commercials. Mm -hmm. The I, I think the guy who does the voiceover for the Maximo commercial. I'm pretty sure he was in a Chappelle show sketch. You know the one I'm talking about? No, I do, I do not. Uh, it, it was the one... Um, it was like kind of like a... They were doing like a parody of like a home auction or home buyers network thing. But anyway. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I know... I heard it on, I want to say Rideshare Rodeo, or maybe it was Gig Economy Podcast, one of those. They were mentioned that Maestro is available now for iPhone. It's like, how did they? How did that happen? You know, and are, is your app going to get on iPhone eventually? None, none of my apps will go to iPhone mm -hmm. um, unless, unless the companies decide to come out with a public API that allows us to do that. Um, to be on iPhone, you have to use driver's credentials to log in and basically tell the app that you want to work with that you're that driver. Mm -hmm. And so to do all that is actually against all the terms of services. <laughs> and so I, I know that I need the gig companies to like me because if they don't, then they cause problems for you. And yeah. so I, I try to stay as close to the terms of service as possible, but still provide a, a quality product for all the drivers. We got to um, mention some people in the chat. Coach Tim is here. What's up? Rideshare Lisa. What's up? DoorDash Dad just got here. And uh, Steve at Rideshare Rodeo um, is watching. So hi, everybody. It's funny because Steve, I was just mentioning you. I, I can't remember if it was your show or jason show that was talking about maestro being available for iphone now um and it's funny because i don't i actually just got back in with lyft and they're offering me it said guaranteed eighteen hundred dollars if you do 120 rides and i thought about doing it so it's like okay well i could do 12 rides a day and that would still take 10 days that's a long time but i mean like that's like 900 dollars a week that's around for this area that's pretty good so like even if like you could just do the short two mile one mile runs you know that only pay like three bucks but if you did 120 of those it's gonna work out in the in the end because i'm gonna i would get the equivalent i think it's like 15 dollars yeah 1800 divided by 120 is 15 dollars a ride so do you still do ride share at all uh only if i have to test something um with the you know covid going around and stuff like that plus all the issues that you have with rideshare, mm -hmm. I, I actually prefer delivery platforms over rideshare. Plus, I can average dollar fifty plus a mile doing any delivery service compared to, uh, well, or Orlando's a little bit lower, but down here it's ninety six cents per mile for Uber and Lyft. I muted my mic. I wasn't sure if uh, was that coming through or not. I was like, wow. No, you didn't. Okay, good. Because <laughs> if I mute it on on here, it won't display on the screen. Like if I mute it on, if I mute it on uh, on Zoom. Anyway, so yeah, ninety six cents a mile. That's great. I think it's like 
Last time I checked, it was like 54 or something. I don't know. I think yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's very low. It's a very low profit margin for rideshare. Yeah. Uh, unless you're getting some kind of bonus or surge. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, I I think, and I, I know rideshare rodeo and other people will disagree with me, but I think delivery platforms, you can make more money with less miles. Oh yeah. I don't think any, I don't think anybody disagrees with that except maybe if you're like in Manhattan or Chicago or something like that, you know, some really condensed, highly populated area where it's just, you're, you're always going to have a ride, you know, like Orlando is not even like that big of a city compared to, you know, some like the top 10 biggest cities in the world or in, even in America. And I think, you know, it's funny, <clears throat> Uber and Lyft pay less than what the federal mileage deduction rate is. So if you're a rideshare driver, it's essentially a tax-free job because you can write off more miles than what you what you make, you know? Right, it's tax-free depending on your market. You yeah. Know? Uh, I'm closer to the beach, mm-hmm. uh, of course, so it's it pays a lot better here. Um, but at the same time, you're not making any money either. You're just running your car down doing your rideshare. Yeah, yeah. That's, <clears throat> I don't know how, like, because I, I used to do Uber and Lyft when I quit my day job with Microsoft, because I had been doing it on the weekends when I lived in Lakeland. I was doing rideshare driving mostly for kicks. Like, I didn't really need the money. And I remember Thanksgiving of 2017 was, like, my last ride for, like, almost, like, a year. Like, I, I worked that day, and I was, like, so, because I was so bored, and I get home, and I was, like, why am I still doing this? Like, not, I don't, I'm like, I'm not doing anything with the money. So I just, I took like almost a year off, you know? And then when I moved back to, or when I moved from Lakeland to uh, Sanford and I was just, I had like a month between the time I moved and the time my job started. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do Uber and Lyft. And I was like doing it and like making like 10 bucks an hour. I'm like, this, this is terrible. So I don't know how anybody in Orlando makes any money on it unless you're doing like Lyft Lux or Uber Black or something like that. Or like, I even thought about getting like some kind of cheapo uh, minivan or something to do XL. And all the drivers that I talked to said like, you know, XL rides only account for like 10% or less of their rides. I don't know. Do you, do you know if that's true or not? <laughs> well, I have an XL vehicle mm-hmm. uh, as well. And uh, like I said, I don't do it now. Uh, unless I just need to test something, and I think now I maybe like whenever I'm out testing, I might get one, maybe two XL rides a day. Um, most of those actually go to the uh, MCO airport, though. So, oh yeah, an MCO from the beach—that's a pretty good trip, I bet. Well, it's probably like what at least fifty bucks. Uh, X XL is a little bit more. Um, and you get, you got to think I get paid, you know, what dollar, dollar something a mile doing XL. And, and so it's what, 50, 50 something miles. The problem is so, don't, you have to deadhead back to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the problem is you have to deadhead back. You know, yeah. um, so, sometimes you can get really lucky and get something out of the airport coming this way, but yeah. Uh, I mean that's that's pretty much luck at that point. That's why I I don't do long rides at all. Yeah, that happened to me once 
once ever when I was doing uh, rideshare driving full time. I was I was at MCO, and I got a ride going out to Cocoa Beach somewhere out there, and I was only there for like a half hour. And I had I had Uber and Lyft on, and then you know um, I get you know how like it says it'll give you a heads up if it's a long distance. Like it's like it said ride you know long distance mileage. And I'm like okay good, and they get in the car and they have their luggage and I'm like are you guys going to the airport? They're like yeah and I was like sweet, so I made like a hundred bucks in like two hours and I just went home after that. I was like I did my two trips for the day. Of course, yeah, back when back when I was a full time driver, uh, of course that's years ago that I actually did full time mm-hmm. rideshare only. Um, I would only work bars, bar time. That was it. Yeah, I used to do that when I worked Friday, Saturday nights. Um, Lakeland's kind of a, sort of a college town, or it's like kind of like a yuppie town. Like there's a lot of money in Lakeland, probably from Publix, and people will take Uber and Lyft to and from Tampa or to and from Orlando, or even people will take Uber from Lakeland to Disney World, you know. Cause I got the money and they're like, we're not driving, you know, we're going to go get hammered and we don't have to worry about parking. You just drop us off right at the gate, pick us up right at the gate, you know? Yeah. I would think that Orlando, I, th- I would think that there was a lot of Disney trips being up there. Um, sort of like, I mean like out of the airport. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like people going to the resorts and, things of that nature yeah sometimes by the way uh thanks to uh steve rideshare roadie who just donated uh two bucks in the super chat uh he did like usually when people like donate do a super chat like i want to read what they wrote but he didn't really write anything (laughs) um he just mentioned he just said agreed i'm not sure what he's agreeing with but all right thanks for agreeing with me (laughs) we we were talking about the new ceo of maestro in the chat oh okay yeah uh, yeah, wasn't Maestro, wasn't th- that dude Uberman from YouTube like six, seven years ago? Uh, I, I think he was in Oklahoma too. He was. Did, did you ever watch was. him? Yeah, yeah. He was He was in, uh, he was actually the city over from me in Oklahoma. Mm. Did you ever meet him? No. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's, you know, you were talking about uh, delivery, and obviously you're the guy behind the driver utility helper, or duh. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a funny acronym it, it, in retrospect where you're like, oh man, I should have named it something different because of duh or D U H. Um, this is the, uh, this is the app by the way, but everybody, the problem is I don't, my, I don't have my SIM card in my, my Android. My SIM card is in my iPhone. So what I do is I turn the hotspot on, on my iPhone and then, uh, I just have to keep I, I keep these phones next to each other in the car, and uh, it'll work. Like I'll run DoorDash and DUH on my Android, and uh, even like when I go to like uh, drop the food off, I have to take both phones because if it loses the signal, it's like it takes it like ten minutes for it to get it back. So um, anyway, yeah, I I'm a big fan of DUH, and I'm not just saying that because Gary runs ads on my show. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it is it is really helpful. In fact, it's kind of funny because I and it, and, and it's still on my website, thegeekeconomystore.equid.com. Um, I have these spreadsheets that I use to kind of like keep track. Basically, a lot of what DUH does to like figure out how much you made per mile and 
you know, um, which stores you're getting the most orders out of, which stores have the longest wait time and the shortest wait time and all that. So um, can you uh, walk us through the inception and, uh, comp- you know, from inception to fin- finished product on the driver's utility helper? Uh, yeah, I I can attempt to. Um, DUH <laughs> was my third or fourth app. Um, so by the time I got to this one, you know, I pretty much already had uh, Maximo done. I had Flex Alert done. And so coming up with this one, it was a little bit easier to do. You know, the more the more apps you create, the more the easier it gets. And I say it's my third app. It's it was my third gig app. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can pull up here. And I, I started all my apps pretty much the same way, just with a couple core basic features, and then everything else that is added or removed is directly from drivers. There's there's nothing that's in the driver's utility helper that that I came up with specifically. It's it's all driven from driver suggestions, um, driver problems, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it started out basically um, with just auto accept, of course, and then uh, you know from driver feedback they said, hey, I want to I want to be able to decline stuff. And so that's whenever that got added. And then, you know, oh, I want to know which stores or which requests I've, I've got, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, the DoorDash app shows you which ones you've done, completed, all that with the breakdown of them. But they don't show you, you know, your past histories or anything like that of stores that you've received. Mm-hmm. Now, even if you've declined them or whatever the case may be. And so we, so I added that, um, and then of course you know the weekly breakdowns, things of that nature. Um, there's there's so much to the app; it, it'll probably take me three hours to explain every little detail <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah, there. I will say, yeah, there is a lot of. You can definitely, if you like to customize, you can do a lot on here. Like I'll just go to the uh, the settings menu, and. Uh, I mean, I'll have to do a whole separate video. In fact, well, UDM's done a video where you went through the whole thing. But, uh, you know, I, I just like the the auto accept is like you can. And it's funny because like there's an auto accept and an auto decline, which you would think like you only need one or the other. And really, you 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 do. You, you could just use one or the other. But if you have both set up, it just makes it that much quicker especially for the auto decline is just like some something crap that like you're never going to take in a million years instead of waiting you know uh what is it 45 seconds now for it to time out like it'll just you can have it decline in like one second i have mine set up for um like you can put what is it a zero to 60 seconds um delay from the time the order comes in until it automatically accepts or declines uh and uh, so I have it set. I have mine set to ten seconds because even though I have my parameters in there, where it's like I'm not dropping below this, every once in a while something comes up that's like, you know, it's either like a long distance one, and it's like a high payout, but it's like high mileage. I'm, I'm more apt to take that, even though, like, I think I had my mileage set at like eight miles max. Like, there's I think there was a couple in there that went like ten miles, but it was going. It was going to a good place or it was bringing me home so i took it 
otherwise the auto decline would have declined it. Um, but I still won't take like even if I'm in the parking lot, I won't take like a two three dollar no tip order. Like uh, some of my ride along videos, um, there I've I've shown that where I was in like a little strip mall or shopping plaza or whatever, and somebody wanted something from like a restaurant like two doors down from like where they worked, and it came in at like two or three dollars no tip. Like I I still won't take those like out of principle. <laughs> yeah, see the. The reason behind the different, you know, auto accept and auto decline is because the, you don't always want to accept something, but you might always want to decline something. So, because um, whenever it first came out, like I said, all I had was auto accept. And then once people said, oh, I want to decline them, well, then I added decline, but it was based off of your auto accept filters. Right. So you'd go in, you'd set your auto accept. And then whatever it didn't meet, it would decline, which is exactly how Maximo used to work as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, uh, but then people was like, well, there's a gray area because, you know, I might take, you know, a high-end restaurant for this, but a Wendy's I'm definitely not going to take. And so, you know, there's like, can we get them separated? So then I separated them. So now, you know, like, my personal settings is anything under um, $7 is automatic decline for me. Um, I, I don't care what it is. It's automatic decline. Um, but then my auto accept is anything above, you know, $10 and more than $2 a mile. Anything between $7 and $10, I'll manually decide myself depending on the restaurant. Yeah. Um, I, I like having the, the, the stipulations between accept and decline because there always is like that little gray area of, um, well, you know, like usually I wouldn't take this. Like you were saying like your 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 minimum wage or whatever is $7. And it's funny because I, I wish that was mine here. It's it, I, I had it set for 6 and I was missing out on a lot of 575 orders that were pretty reasonable. So I had to drop mine down. So my... my Minimum uh, wage or minimum uh, delivery or whatever you want to call it is five seventy five. Um, is there any way to like? We need a DUH for Grubhub and Uber Eats, or like if you could use all three. Is is that something that you're working on, or is that is that even possible? Well, Maximo already supports Uber Eats and Grubhub with the same setup that DUH has. Okay, so why not just? put them all in one app like you could call it like the delivery drivers utility helper or something like that well because uber eats and grubhub are both on-demand platforms so that means you can go online and offline at any any time you want hmm. with doordash you can't do that you can pause it but then if you pause for too long or doordash's mm -hmm. system decides to glitch you'll completely lose your shift yeah. And and so like the way Maxima works is whenever you accept an order say on Uber Eats, it, it can automatically turn off Grubhub for you and then once you complete that order, it'll turn Grubhub back on. To where you can't really do that with DoorDash without risking the possibility of losing your dash. So if mm -hmm. DoorDash is your main app and you pause it and lose that shift, 
and now you can't get back online, you're only stuck with Uber or Grubhub, and those two are very slow in your area, you might lose out on a lot of money. Yeah. That's that's one thing I don't really get about DoorDash. It's like, why are they still sticking with scheduled shifts? Like, I can... Like, you don't necessarily have to schedule a shift in advance. Like, if it's busy enough, if your zone's red, you can just hit Dash now, and then it'll ask you what how, what time you want to uh, work till. Like, I, th- I wish... And then, like, even having like, the zones, like, they should get rid of the zone. I think DoorDash should just follow Uber Eats, Grubhub, too. Because, like, it's funny because Grubhub is kind of like a, a hybrid of the two. Like, you can schedule a shift with Grubhub, or you can just go online. But uh, they, I guess they prioritize people with scheduled shifts over people who just turn the app on. Although Grubhub does have a... a a, a much bigger zone compared to my DoorDash zone, but um, it's like I, it won't let me go to like any other adjacent zones. It's like it only lets me stay in like my hometown zone. It's like if I'm down in Altamont Springs or Winter Park or Oviedo or something, like I'm not going to be able to do Grubhub. I have to be in Sanford and Lake Mary. That's, I don't know. You, what do you think? Should DoorDash stick with shifts and zones or should they go the Uber Eats route and just let anybody work at any time? I wish I wish that they just open it up completely. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's for me. I'm a multi-apper. Um, I I'm not uh, I'm not just stuck to one app. I will run as many apps in my area that I'm allowed to run. Um, and so if they opened it up for me, it'd make it a lot easier for me for one. Um, so it's 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 kind of a toss-up because. If you're in a good zone and you can make a lot of money doing DoorDash, like New York City, for example, you don't want an open schedule because then everybody gets in on your, your money. But as a multi-apper, I'm like, yes, open it up. Then I, I don't ever have to worry about it. But, you know, of course, here in Melbourne, I can pretty much open up my DoorDash app at any time and go online. Yeah. You're kind of a big fish in a small pond there, right? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Have you noticed that, like, that area... Well, I guess you didn't really have much frame of reference because you didn't move there until, like, right when COVID hit. But I was going to say, is is it slower or, or busier now pre- and post-COVID? Although, I, I guess we're still... We haven't got post-COVID yet. Yeah, yeah, there's still a ways away. But, I I mean, it's it's slower now than it was a year ago because, mm-hmm. you know... Florida, we've never had a real full lockdown. We did have that short period to where most restaurants were doing, you know, no dine-in. Mm-hmm. And so we had a lot more delivery. But it, it's slower now than it was a year ago, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you have any uh, plans or for updates to uh, DUH? Um, well, there's there's always updating for DUH. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, all of the apps um, are always going to be updated for something. Um, you know, I, anytime a driver sends me a suggestion, I try to work it, mm-hmm. and and I try to make it possible. Whether it's one driver that wants it or a hundred drivers that want it, I try to make it possible. Um, like the other day, you sent me a text message. You said, "Hey, can we take screenshots?" Yeah. But I've been beta testing that all day today. Nice. Yeah, because I haven't thought about that. 
Hey, we just got a new subscriber. YNVQ. Okay, thanks for subscribing, man. Um, it, one thing I like about the uh, the Android version versus the iPhone is like this version is much more colorful. Um, you know what's weird is that it looks like it'll let me... I haven't tried this yet, and I should. Look, I can... I can go on DoorDash on either phone right now. Like it, it, I'm, I'm, it doesn't send a conflict. Um, and I was wondering, like, if it, if like if I go on DoorDash on my iPhone, and then turn DUH on on my Android, if it would still work. It used to, but it, now DoorDash is trying to get rid of the backdoor system that they have open. Mm -hmm. And so, because the way it used to work is you could open up either phone. And whenever an order came in, it would show on both phones. Well, now they're trying to get rid of that because of the backdoor issues. And so they're trying, like, like I did on my, I have an iPhone 12 too that I just dropped somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's a paperweight on my desk because I'm a Android guy. I think that's a paper. This is my iPhone eight. This is my eight. This is my 12. And the eight, I swear this thing weighs like five pounds. I mean, plus, I mean, it has the uh, super uh, Luke Collins just subscribed. All right, hey, we got two subscribers in two minutes. I wish this was the normal. Yeah, see, there's my, my there's my iPhone 12, mm -hmm. uh, which I don't ever use, and then I got my uh, Pixel F XL4 here, which I'm I'm a big fan of Google phones because mm. Google, of course, makes Android. And so, but uh, back to what I was saying is you used to be able to go online on both phones and then DUH would work on the Android while you did everything on the iPhone. Some things were limited because, of course, DUH has to see certain information to track it. So if you completed an order on the iPhone, DUH would be able to see that because you didn't do it on the Android. Now, now... Like, I've noticed this on mine. I test on mine. Whichever one I open second is the one that gets the order. Hmm. What do you, you, oh, you mean between the two phones? Yes. Between, if I open my iPhone second, then my iPhone gets the order that whenever it comes in. If I open my Android second, that's the one that gets to come in. Okay. Yeah, it's probably just so, the light, latest, uh, you know, IP address and port and all that. Yeah, they're 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 switching to a Grubhub um, style, which is Grubhub only allows you to use one one phone, mm -hmm. and so whichever phone you open with, that's the one that Grubhub sends the order to. Yeah, I noticed that um, if I try to log in on Amazon Flex on my Android, and I'm already logged in, or not even like you don't have to be logged in. It's just like. I just have it like that was the last phone that I used. It'll it'll make me uh, sign out. And uh, speaking of, of Amazon Flex, so you have this other app called Flex Helper. Um, Flex Alert. Flex Alert. Oh, sorry, Flex Alert. <laughs> and it's a um, it's a lot of text on here. So, well, since you programmed it and you made it, like it'd probably be easier if you explain how it works. Um. Flex Alert. Let me bring that up on my phone. Uh, I, I don't have Amazon Flex in my area anymore, so I don't use it as often mm -hmm. unless I'm testing something. Um, 
because like I said before we started, the closest place for me to go is near you, and that's an hour away from me. Um, in Oklahoma City, though, I ran flex um, all the time. But it's basically a P2P system, um, person-to-person system. So back, was it, three three years ago? I don't know how long you've been doing flex. Yeah, um, about three years. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah about, about three years ago, though, they didn't tell you anything unless your app was open. They didn't send you drop-down notifications saying, hey, we got blocks available or anything you had to sit there with your app open you had to yeah, click the refresh, refresh. Button over yeah. and over and over and i can't do that while i'm driving i can't do that while i'm trying to multi-app and so i created flex alert to get rid of that for you um so basically what happens is you go into the app you put in your station ids and then um whenever somebody else in your market sees that there are blocks available it alerts everyone in that market that has the app okay yeah so it's Uh, like you have to be yeah so you have to it's all flex uh alert users communicating with each other right right and instead of instead of picking up your phone texting your friend saying um hey there's this block available you know the app just automatically does it for you uh, everybody that has the app in that market or not even that market it's whoever has that station id put in yeah like um, here is a uh, the previous 10 alerts for uh c060 which i believe is the uh that's the altamont springs whole foods that's where that's like 90 yeah. percent of my um uh, money from Amazon Flex comes from is those. I love those Whole Foods routes because I can make thirty, thirty-five dollars on a really good day. And See, whenever I first started Flex, um, Whole Foods just became a thing, mm-hmm. and you would get blocks. You would go there and you would sit for two hours, not have to move at all. No orders came through, mm-hmm. and they would pay you just to sit there. At you know, uh, back then I think it was eighteen dollars an hour. Yeah, it's still, well, yeah, like anything Amazon, it always, well, except for Whole Foods, like Whole Foods is like fifteen dollars an hour, but because you get more money in tips than you do in the labor, um, you know, so like, like it'll say for average uh, a two-hour shift for Whole Foods, it'll say thirty to fifty-six dollars, and I've I've made. 64 72 i think i once made 80 dollars in a two-hour uh whole foods delivery block although i think that was around christmas um but uh yeah so that flex alert um app is you know it's pretty cool i actually i paid for the uh the full premium or pro version you know the unlocked version the ad free version yeah um everything in flex alert is free it's a free app you Mm -hmm. can get on the play store um, the only difference between the paid version and the non-paid version is just ads. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's unlocked, though. Um, uh, another great feature, though, if if you do sit at your house and you're looking for blocks, you can open up your Amazon app, and it'll automatically refresh it for you. And whenever it finds what you're looking for on the screen, it gives you that audible alert. Yeah, I noticed that... Uh... Yeah, it has a refresh that refresh delay, 
and it goes between instant and 10 seconds. Wasn't there an option on here where it would do it like once every few minutes? Uh, not, not on that one. It's, I believe at one point, one version of the app, actually you could set it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, now in- instance, not really a thing no more because the, the bots that were taking blocks from people on Amazon, mm-hmm. Amazon kind of went in and made it to where you can, I think the quickest you can refresh it now is like three seconds. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like one second, actually. But even like a one Mississippi is a long time compared to bots that are just, you know, swiping the screen at like the speed of light. (laughs) Yeah, the the very first version of FlexAlert was actually for my own personal use. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I did Whole Foods only. That's the only thing I did. And that thing was, I mean, it was just clicking away like, like tomorrow. Uh, now it, it doesn't auto accept anything because that's where you get into the TOS violations. You're you're gaining an unfair advantage against other people that are trying to get blocks too. Right. Um, and, and I've actually all of my apps I've I've spoken with uh, some type of representative from a company at one point or another. And so with Amazon, I actually e- emailed them directly asking them specifically what can the app do to not violate their terms of service and back then you know they came back and they said well you know you can't use any bots to do this this or that and and so i I tried to stay in line with them as closely as possible so it doesn't auto accept anything but it will tell you when there's a block available yeah the problem is when there's a block available (laughs) they usually go you know pretty quick well, I, I, I know I've been seeing them stay on the screen quite a, quite a long time lately. Yeah, it, well, it depends where the block is. I noticed that here, nobody really wants to do Daytona Beach blocks. Is they'll usually sit there for a little bit. In fact, what I was doing for a while is, um, I was only t- I was taking the Daytona Beach blocks at like because they were almost always five to eight, five thirty to eight thirty, and then six to nine. And if you let them sit long enough, they'll start to. They start to uh, increase the hourly wage because it starts at eighteen, but I've seen them go as high as thirty dollars an hour, and so I made like ninety bucks for like, you know, well you get paid ninety bucks, which one of the nice things about Amazon Flex is, y- y- like you get paid if you f- complete your block in ten minutes or you know the full three hours or how- however long your block is scheduled for, and uh, I remember I was talking with uh, Tony. Uh, gig mom this is like a month or two ago and i told her that i was like i'm just gonna wait till this thing builds up and sure enough it did i get to the warehouse in daytona beach i'm like the last car in line which actually is usually bad because uh it's usually like the earlier you get in line like you get the closer the blocks or routes that are closer to the warehouse you don't have to drive as far and then like if you're last in line you have to go way out in the middle of nowhere and i got by some miracle as last car in line, I got a rack with only two packages, and they were both right there in Daytona Beach, and uh, so I knocked it out in like 20 minutes. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, back whenever uh, I was doing it full time, you used to be able to go sit in the warehouse parking lot, like mm-hmm. once you did have your block. And back then, it was you know you show up and you get whatever's available. Well, if you sat in the parking lot till the very last moment before you could check in. Mm-hmm. Then by the time you get through the gate and check in, there would be like 
the very minimal packages that you had to take because they would give everybody else the big stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and so I don't know if you've ever done that, but uh, do, do you do what I used to do? Uh, like whenever you take a flex or a Whole Foods block, you would go deliver it and then gig work on your way back to the Whole Foods? Yeah, it, it just kind of depends. Um, well, I mean, lately Whole Foods has been paying nice enough that I don't really need to. It's more like I do like gig work between blocks. Like today I had 1230 to 230 and then uh, 3 to 5. But I finished the first route at uh, like 2 o'clock. So I had an hour to kill until the next block started. And so, but I was like about a 20-minute drive from the store out in Apopka, which is, you know, it's not super rural, but it's just, you know, far enough away from, like, the main area that, and, like, I don't know where anything is around there. So uh, instead of risking it out there, I drove back to the store. And then, like, Altamont Springs, especially that road where that store is, is a really busy area. So I just turn on Uber Eats and DoorDash and Grubhub, and I'll just do food delivery um, until my next block starts. And, that, and also with food delivery is you know where you're going. You don't have to take like some, you know, 10, 15 mile uh, uh, delivery. Or like there's a, you know, I'll turn on Instacart and do, um, you know, like a quick batch if there's enough time. Speaking of Instacart, um, so especially uh, maybe you can answer some of these questions that, you know, the the Luddites <laughs> You know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm an IT guy. I've worked in IT for, like, you know, over 10 years. But, like, like I said, I don't really know a whole lot about coding and certainly nothing about mobile app development or anything. So I don't know if you saw my video. It was from, like, a year ago, over a year ago, where I interviewed my cybersecurity professor about the, the Instacart bots. Um, can, can you explain that, like, in layman's terms, like, if you understand, like, how they work, if they even work uh, at all? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if they still work now. Uh, I haven't messed with them. But, uh, I mean, they basically do the exact same thing uh, as the PAR app did. You know, they, they use your credentials, and mm -hmm. then they just query the server over and over and over to see if there's any blocks available. And if they are, they snag them up before they even get sent out to the apps. Yeah, uh, Parrot, Parrot did work different than that, but I'm I'm just referencing what people can uh, understand. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, they just use your credentials, and then they query the server, and then they can snag those blocks before anybody else could get to them. Yeah, they're like hacking the API. That's this is something that I always try to tell people is because uh, like when Instacart went from. Uh, like Instacart used to work the way like Corner Shop works now. It's like where they offer you a batch and then you can accept or decline. But then uh, if you decline it, you have to sit and wait until they offer you something else. Um, and like, I mean, that's kind of like how food delivery works too. It's like there's no queue for, um, you know, Uber Eats orders and stuff. It's just, they, I mean, those basically go by whoever, which, whichever driver is the closest they're going to offer it to. Um, but yeah, like, so, but like when Instacart switched from, you know, you know, offering uh, orders to specific drivers and switching to an on-demand, free-for-all, first-come, first-served queue, 
is like you would see blocks or not block I keep calling blocks batches you see batches in there and like they would disappear in like half a second and people are like oh these are bots snatching them up and i'm like no because uh what you're seeing in that queue i mean it might have been in the api like for five or ten minutes in so like any basically anything you see in the queue is something that the bots or the bot users didn't want I, am i right on that uh, pretty pretty much um it like again it there's more variables to it than just that but mm -hmm. that's the gist of it if it's if it's hitting the screen there's two different types of bots um there's the web crawler bots which work in the background that you'll never see mm -hmm. um and then there is foreground bots which would basically do what duh does but they would do it faster than the human eye could do it. Yeah. Um, that's why, I, that's why I, the flex alert app does not grab any blocks for you because it, it does give you an unfair advantage because it can do it quicker than any human eye can process that information. And so you have to be careful when you're creating systems like DOH or Maximo because you have to make sure that you're not creating an unfair advantage to the system. Because if you do, then it's just kind of taken away from everybody at the same time, except for the people who have faster network connections, mm -hmm. things of that nature. So you, the bots that we're talking about are background bots, and, and that's what they do. They get in there as soon as it hits the thing, it, it takes it away before you can ever see it before it ever gets dispatched out to any phones or anything. Right. So, so that's, that's the boss that we don't want to happen. Yeah. And is there anything that Instacart can do on their end to block those? Uh, the, I mean, there, they've done a lot. It's not as bad as it used to be. Um, you can pretty much detect those bots pretty easily because they'll all pretty much come from the same IP pool. It's not like, you know, each cell phone has a unique identificator. Mm -hmm. um, it has its own IP address, things like that nature, to where these web scraping bots, they're all coming from AWS servers or, you know, a Google server or something like that. So you, you can pretty much tell when that's happening. So that they could do a better job at it, you know. Basically, um, they they could make sure that the phone has verified seeing it before it's accepted. Mm -hmm. But that's a lot of coding, and I'm not sure that they really care that much yeah. to do that. They need you know, to the, their end, their end goal is to get it picked up and delivered, regardless who does it. Everything that they actually do to block the bots is just PR stunts. <laughs> To make everybody feel better. Yeah. Um, is there, is there a, like kind of a flex uh, alert equivalent that you could make for Instacart? Or, I mean, because I guess that would be kind of a violation of the terms of service, like you were saying, like with the flex, because it doesn't actually swipe to grab the block for you. It just lets you know that it's there. Like with Instacart, because it's on a an open queue, if you were going to do some kind of auto... So, like if it, like it could like if you had a, an app that like you could put your parameters in like duh like i want like has to pay like you know this ratio of items to dollars and per mile and 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 things like that 
Um, like you could, like you could theoretically make the flex alert equivalent for Instacart, but if it if it swipes to accept a batch, that's when it becomes a violation in terms of service. Uh, I, I would have to read through Instacart's um, terms of service a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. I've I've glanced over them. I've never actually read them um, because I don't have any apps for them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I, I would probably think, though, that they're probably in the same line as Amazon to where once you start automatically accepting things, mm-hmm. that's not a direct dispatch. Because, like, for example, Amazon does send you um, scheduled blocks. You have, I think, what, five, ten minutes to accept them? Yeah, depends on which, you know, tier or level you're on. Like, I'm level two. I think I get, like... 10 or 15 minutes they pretty much come on the same days at the same time so it's like i actually have a schedule in my phone now like it'll alert me like hey amazon block's gonna drop in five minutes yeah see so on, on the scheduled ones that they send directly to you i think they call them reserve blocks the yeah amazon that's that's like 99 percent of my amazon work now like i <clears throat> once in a while i'll take a daytona beach block out of the queue but it has to be like the circumstances have to be absolutely right. Like has like the pay has to be right. It has to be like I'm already towards that area anyway, or um, I just really really feel like going to Daytona Beach. The problem is like when I take those Daytona Beach blocks, is it's it's I think it's like thirty five thirty six miles door to door from where I live to the warehouse. You know, it's, and depending on the traffic, you can be anywhere from like forty to you know sixty sixty five minute drive. And that's just in one direction, which means it had to come all the way back too. So, right. Uh-huh. So, those reserve blocks, um, I could probably get away with having a, an app mm-hmm. accept those for you if they met your parameters, because they're sent directly to you. You know, compared to I don't, I don't think Instacart does that at all. So, I, I believe the moment that I have it accept it for you with Instacart would probably violate their terms of service as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what I probably need to do is read their terms of service a little bit better and then reach out to a an Instacart representative and, and see if they can't clarify some of that for me. And then would would that get you kicked out of the app store if you if you violate terms of service? I don't know. How, I know it's like really, really hard to get an app in the iPhone store, but I've heard it's a lot easier to get into the Google, Google Play store. Now they're they're both very very simple to get into. Um, oh really? I, I I don't do iPhones just because I'm not an iPhone user, and so um, now all my gig work that I do um, is all of course Android. Mm-hmm. Um, so all my all my gig apps are Android. So that's that's why they're not on iOS is because the limitations of iOS themselves. It's not the Play Store. It's not uh, terms of service violations. It's just the limitations of iOS that I would have to violate the terms of service to do what needs to be done to get them on iOS. Um, iOS or Apple rather mm-hmm. is a monopoly type company. You know, um, they don't like anybody else being to do certain things. Um, they actually have, they have all the same functions that Android has, but they're limited to Apple only. Apple yeah. development only proprietary. Yeah, right. They don't they don't release them to developers or anything like that. You know, they if you, if you jailbreak an iPhone, um, you can actually do everything that you can do on Android. You can have the overlays. You can have the automation. 
Um, in fact, in your iPhone itself, you can automate stuff using the uh, Apple code. Um, it It's more of a uh, responsive type system, but you can do it. Yeah, they have, like, there's a lot of, um, uh, like, handicap features on there, uh, like, meant for, like, you know, and actually there's an auto swipe feature on there. And actually, I don't know if you saw a video that I made where I showed you how to make your own Amazon Flex bot catcher for iPhone, but it's just, it's an automated tap and swipe motion. It's meant for, like, you know, uh, blind people or, or people with extreme vision problems or something like that. Um, and uh, actually, it's funny because that's actually one of my most popular videos, even though it's from a few years ago. Um, and I, I don't even use that technique anymore. I mean, I get enough Amazon uh, reserve blocks that, like, I'm not just watching the queue waiting for something good to drop. Although, I mean, if a Whole Foods... Hey, Leo. <laughs> if a Whole Foods drops and i'm right there although i'm much more likely to get like an instant offer than uh taking a block out of the uh queue um i forgot where i was going with this leo you made me lose my train of thought cat, the cat sucking <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah I, that's the thing is um apple limits what developers can do compared to android android's like hey it's it's open do what you want um, they do have certain things that you can get kicked off the Play Store for, um, you know, which a lot a lot of people have speculations of why do H isn't on the Play Store, and it's it's basically because uh, Google wants money. If you collect money, Google wants you to pay them thirty percent of mm -hmm. whatever you make. <laughs> you know, and I mean that's that's like you know DoorDash. They take thirty percent of all the restaurant revenue. Yeah, you know that's just if I if I can release it on my website and not have to give another middleman some money, why not do that? Exactly. You know, you know what's funny is uh, I just signed up with GoPuff, and the actual GoPuff driver app isn't in the app store. It's like you have to download it off a website, and then you have to go into your settings and hit trust this developer or whatever. Which I thought they, right. I thought they uh, finally got rid of that. Well, GoPuff, I know was I know they're a website download. Um, Byte Squad's a website download. Mm. Amazon is a website download. Oh, that's right. Uh, I mean, there's there's lots of different reasons why companies do that. Um, first off, if you don't want Google looking at your code, never submit your code to Google. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you put it on a Play Store, it's not like they have one developer going through all the code looking it over, but you know, once you submit it once, that code is always there for them to look at it any time they want. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why Amazon doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. uh, Jacqueline and Tim are talking about sushi in the comments. <laughs> if you guys have a question for uh, Gary about how his apps work, let me know now. We're coming up on about an hour. Um, so um, I'm... I'm what what's next for you? Are you, I uh, something I wanted to ask? You, like you, you have the three gig helper apps. That's what I call them. I don't know how what it because like, they're you they're know, utility what, helpers. Yeah, Duh Maximo and the Flex Helper. But uh, you said you've done other apps that have like nothing to do with gig work. Like what what's the story behind those? Well, I, I mean Middleton Technologies is a <laughs> technology company. 
Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's just myself, I do all the coding and everything, but I, I do outsource to other companies. Um, you know, uh, you'll see on the Play Store that I have some other apps there too. Um, you know, I, I do some work for charities, things of that nature. And, and so uh, I do branch out. I do do coding for other companies as well. I just, I don't publish everything I do that I get paid for to everybody. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, and so um, for me, though, I, I mean, I, I try to do a lot. Um, I try to look into every angle I can. Uh, it, like I just recently, DUH has been out in the U.S. Well, it's been worldwide. I, I put all my apps worldwide as soon as I can. But um, it's been, you know, U.S. for two years dominantly. So now um, I'm focusing on Canada and Australia. You know, um, both of them just recently got DoorDash within the last year. Uh, I do have some users down there, so I'm focusing on those two areas as well. Uh, Maximo has been worldwide for three years now. It's, it's got a lot of mm-hmm. Canada and Australia users as well. Um, I, I need to look into the Chinese market. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have their own play store and their own rules. And so it's a lot harder to get approved for the, the Chinese market. They have they have Uber and Lyft in China or just Uber? They they have Uber and Diddy, which actually Diddy I believe was under fire with them just and Diddy's a Chinese company. <laughs> but I believe they suspended their license. I haven't looked them up recently, but I remember reading that they actually did suspend their license not too long ago. <laughs> There's a, a comment in the in the chat from SideGig. He said, Gary, can we have the Dash Now alert back? Yeah, I, I responded to him earlier. Um, any feature that anybody wants, I, I get so many requests for features that I can't remember them all. So mm-hmm. if they'll just email me whatever they want, um, I'm, I'm pretty good about trying to add them back in. And they can email me at support at middletontech.com. Okay. You know, I should ask. I should ask this like towards the beginning of the show. Sorry, but what is a typical workday and work week like for you? Like, how do you split your time between doing gig work and doing app development? And then, um, plus, you know, family, friends, downtime, stuff like that. Uh, I'm pretty much work twenty four seven. It's it's my personality. That's who I am. Um, you know, I went from being a safety director, which was a 24 hour, seven days a week on call job Mm -hmm. to transitioning it over into app development full time. Uh, and so I'd work a lot, just my natural state. So if I'm not, if I'm not doing gig work, then I'm doing coding. If I'm not doing coding, then I'm doing promoting. Um, but in my car, uh, I can send you a screenshot, a screenshot of it later, or a picture of it later. Um, I actually have one of them police laptop holders in my car. Oh, really? So <laughs> whenever I'm out doing gig work, I can, you know, code up things that I need to code up at that time, you know. And so if I'm sitting there and I, am, I don't have any orders, I'm, I'm normally in a parking lot coding somewhere. <laughs> parking lot coding. That should be the name of your company. <laughs> That's pretty catchy, huh? Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't hired an assistant or an intern. 
everybody says I should, but it's just, mm. it's one of those things that until I, I don't think that I can do it myself anymore. I don't think I have to involve anybody else. Mm. You know, I mean, there's some days of course that I work more than others, just like gig work. Um, you know, there's, there's some days that I, I might have to code 15 hours a day and I, I won't get any gig work in. Right. But then, but then there's, you know, weeks that I go and I don't have any, any trouble at all. No, no support tickets, you know, just minor things that I could do that if I was paying somebody, they would basically be paid to sit around and do nothing. Hmm. I, I'm surprised like you haven't reached a point or maybe you are like, are you at a point like where you can get by comfortably just doing the app development and then you're just like you said, like you do gig work or rideshare driving, like to basically test something or to, you know, for like R and D, you know, to see what, what would be a good feature. I guess it, everybody's definition of get by is, is different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, there's um, getting by and then there's living comfortably. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, I mean, I've always lived comfort comfortable. Mm. It's, it's never been a struggle for me. Uh, gig full-time gig work without my apps booming. Mm. Um, you know, I still made thousand dollars a week. So, uh, I've never had an issue with money, um, doing, doing my app development plus my gig apps plus actual gig work. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I definitely live, I don't have to worry about money for sure. Um, so I, I'm, I'm pretty set for a while. Plus I got my stocks, my savings. I do a lot of investing, Mm -hmm. um, between, you know, options and crypto. I was about to ask, are you, are you into crypto? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big investor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't spend a lot of money on investing, but I'm big into investing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my first, my first time investing in options was this year. And my first, uh, option that I invested in, I lost $700. <laughs> what was that? Uh, uh, that was, um, B and B. Airbnb? Uh, no, it was, I think that was the stock name. I'll have to, let me pull it up here. I think it was BNB. Uh, yeah, no, BB is what it was. BB. Blackberry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a technology guy, so I invest in all the technology stuff. You know, like, uh, you know, I got a few thousand shares of Uber, Lyft, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, and so, but I, I invested in, or I did an options call is what it's called for BlackBerry. And, um, and I didn't know how to do it or anything like that. And so I did it and then it just kept dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping and to the point to where it wasn't even worth anything. So definitely a lesson learned. Side gig said, any experience running multiple apps on a Galaxy Fold? I want the new Galaxy, 7, Galaxy Z Fold 3. Can I... S- see two gig apps side by side that'd be pretty cool yeah i i i've never used a fold um i know there are some users that i have that use fold i'm not exactly sure how the apps work on a fold because those are like two thousand dollar phones if i'm not mistaken and i, I don't ever plan on spending two thousand dollars on a phone <laughs> or what about uh like a an android tablet like you now, have. It, it, it will work on a tablet um 
I, I don't program it for a tablet, mm-hmm. but I have seen people do um, on Android. You can do the split screen. You know, you can have one on top, one on the bottom. Um, I know, I know with Maximo, you can have like Uber on the top and then Lyft on the bottom and it will actually control both of them. Hmm. Is there a way, well, I think there is a way to do it, but I think it's illegal is like, like I said, I have two phones, but I only have one SIM card and I keep it in my iPhone. Like I could take it out of my, of this phone and put it in my other phone. The problem is you have to take the case off and then get a paper clip in there and all that. And, um. You know, like I don't want to pay because then like, I could get another line. But is there a way like I could duplicate the SIM card in this phone and then put in that phone, and then just turn one on and turn the other off? Because uh, I, I know in the '90s and early 2000s there were uh, there was a way. Um, now I'm not sure because with a lot of the hacking going on, things of that nature, the mm-hmm. cloning of the phones. I'm not sure if your your provider actually allows that anymore. That's that's yeah. more of a provider question. Well, yes, I don't. I don't want. I might have to get a second line, but I mean, you get a second line, you get another phone. Like, well, I mean, I wouldn't use the phone number, but it's just that it's it's for me. It's kind of a pain to uh, you know have both phones next to each other. Like I said, because I use this as a hotspot, and this is going off of it. It's funny because last night I was doing a. Uh, I was judging. I was doing an online homebrew judge, and we were doing it on Zoom. And then we, I lost power. Well, I lost. Well, we lost power. But I had my my computer and my router on uh, UPS uninterruptible power supply. So even though it was dark in here, my computer and my router were still going. And then I eventually lost internet. So um, I was using my phone as a hotspot for my desktop. Uh, that was pretty funny. But it yeah, won't. I do that a lot too. If I. You probably have Spectrum too, so yeah. You Spectrum can't even. There's nobody else yeah. available here unless you want yeah, satellite. Yeah, and satellite's trash. I used to have Verizon FiOS when I lived in New York. Yeah, I, I had AT and T uh, fiber in Oklahoma, but of mm-hmm. course they don't offer that down here, except for to select neighborhoods. We got to convince Google to be like, give us the, uh, what's that like the super fast internet they do for free in some cities. Oh, the the Google Fi, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's like, um, it, their their internet's in gigabits, not even. Uh, anyway, where uh, oh, side gig says just throw away the iPhone, use the Android. Nah, I've been using an iPhone since iPhone. I think the first iPhone model I had was three. I remember when the four came out. I was like, oh my god, a new iPhone! And actually, I saw a four the other day, and it's like so small compared like i and like this is an iphone 12 and like this seems kind of small to me um but uh see that's that's funny that you prefer a, a larger screen right yeah and i know the android like actually has more screen to it but with the if you're gonna get a heavy duty case it's like it's the case is gonna obscure some of the screen anyway and now they all have these notches at the top well you can't really see it but um see not my android my Android didn't like this thing. I, I've dropped it. I don't know. If, well, mm-hmm. See, there's BlackBerry. <laughs> but uh, like I, I've dropped it twice now with this heavy duty, and it doesn't take any of the screen up mm-hmm. at all. Not not like the not like the what is this OtterBox on the 12. Like it, it takes up the whole edge of my phone. Yeah, that's like what uh, that's what I have on here. Otter, OtterBox. Yeah, I Otter, 
Yep. Yeah, those those things take up a lot of room. Yeah, those they take up a lot of room. On I need it. I need it. Like, and I put the there's a magnet on the back here. You can see, and there's a magnet yeah. on the inside of the case too, because I just put it on that magnet on my vent in my car, especially in the summer. You get the AC blowing. My phone, my phone will get super hot, and like this, the screen will actually dim to prevent it from overheating. And uh, but you keep it right on the AC, the vent blowing the cold air on it. The problem is that as soon as you take it out of the car, the camera lens in the back fogs up. So I go to take a picture of the delivery and like it's all it's all fogged up. I gotta wipe it down with a my shirt, you know? So Yeah, I was talking to a UDM last week and uh he wants to get a different uh, Android phone because his screen is too big is what he told me. He says it's too big. He wants a smaller screen. I I guess he downgraded his iPhone as well. Because he prefers the smaller screens, he says they're easier to do. Uh, I I like the I like a big screen. It's not so much the s- screen size; it's just the weight of the phone. Like I said, like this is my twelve and this is my eight, and like this eight, you know, they both have the same case, but this one like weighs like double as this one. And uh, I kind of miss the old flip phones where you could actually fit them in your pocket. You can't even like get pants like with cell phone pockets on the leg anymore it's a pain well, they, they have a flip phone now uh who came out with that was it uh, motorola they oh, yeah. came out with the, a motorola flip phone yeah you remember when like the... smartphone like it's a smart yeah. flip phone yeah yeah, yeah Any... it's only a thousand dollars <laughs> only <laughs> um yeah we're, we're going uh pretty long here uh is there anything you want to plug any uh new projects you got coming up or no, I mean, I am looking into Byte Squad. Um, they're revamping their app. Um, they're actually, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but they're going to be showing you the route and mileage and uh, things like that on your screen, just like DoorDash and GitHub oh, and all them. Where did you hear that? Uh, I, I, have a sc- I have a screenshot of it, but they sent out an email. It's only in select markets right now. How do they not right? have that from the beginning? That's like... Uh, that's what I say too. I think to compete with any of the major players now, yeah, you you have to uh, show this though. And I think that's what Grubhub, you know, mm-hmm. they got bought out by Just Eats. Yep. And so I I think that they realize Just Eats, you know, they're 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 probably one of the biggest European companies for food delivery. Yeah. And and I think that once they bought Grubhub, they're like, hey, if we're going to compete, we got to show the mileage. Yeah, you know, and so I think that's now Bite Squad. I think they're finally catching up to that too. Like, hey, if we want stuff delivered, we gotta show the mileage. Yeah, Bite Squad. I, I should make a video because I just joined Bite Squad a few weeks ago. I've only done two deliveries, and like, there's no zone. So I have like, you have no idea where the zone is, like how close you are to the restaurants. There's no hot spots. When an order comes in, it'll show you the name of the restaurant, and it'll just give you a time of delivery like between this time and this time like you have no idea what the mileage is you have no idea where you're going you know it's it's yeah bite squad is by far the worst deliver like like i always thought postmates was bad but at least postmates would at least show you a map i mean it wouldn't give you the mileage or the estimated payout or anything like that but at least it would show you where you are where the restaurant is where the customer is it was up to you to figure out the mileage and time and all that stuff but bite squad is just all text (laughs) Yeah, see, and yeah, that's what I look. I I I 
updated mine tonight for Bite Squad, and it's still the same old crappy version. Yeah. You know, um, now the Bite Squad doesn't hide tips from you, though, that I know. No. So, so the pay that you see is the pay that you get. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I, I've done I've done two Bite Squad orders ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let me just see, you know. And, yeah, I would, I would never do it again without seeing mileage ever. Yeah. I just want to see the map. I don't even know like how far I am because I don't know where the partnered restaurants are or anything. Right, and you would think that they would at least do that. Now, I understand why some companies don't want to show the mileage, and it, and it's it's not what people think. It's not because they don't want people taking the deliveries or or any or, or any manipulation like that. It it costs a lot of money to show that mileage. You know, it's per one thousand requests to Google, you're paying a fee. So, you know, you can imagine if you have millions of requests per day that go through thousands and thousands or, or DoorDash case of millions of drivers, how much that cost can add up to. Yeah. So by not showing the mileage saves them, you know, millions of dollars per year. But to show a map with two points on a map is free. Hmm. So I, I don't know why they wouldn't at least had that like postmates did you know they'd show you the two locations and yeah and then like if you knew the area you could probably figure out how long it was going to take to get there but um having the the mileage would be nice too i wonder because like para their latest update they were they had some kind of grubhub feature where it would tell you the mileage on grubhub but it looks like grubhub is actually going to start rolling they haven't done it in my market because i was i actually did grubhub today and didn't have the mileage but uh, I've seen other. Now, did you did you do it on iPhone or Android? iPhone. Okay, download it on your Android, and I bet you have it because I got it three days ago on my Android. Um, people in Miami got it on theirs the same day, mm-hmm. and people in Tampa got it on their Android the same day. Hmm. If I'm gonna, so eat, I, bet, if, I bet you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, go over to Verizon and ask about getting a second line or something because it's too much of a pain to have both phones together like using it as a hotspot i mean it's also super slow this way too so anyway uh we've been going uh quite a while so uh thanks everybody who uh chimed in in the comments especially coach tim he left a good comment uh on one of my other videos today and actually uh screenshot it and put it on all my social media so thanks tim for that as all chris barnes is here chad have you noticed that insta doesn't show mileage money anymore well, they never really did. It would just say the mile. I haven't. Instacart, yeah, is pretty terrible now. It's like super, super slow. They're going like they fired all their in-store shoppers now. Like half the orders that come in are shop only, and uh, they're they're terrible. It's like eleven dollars to shop like you know two carts worth of groceries, and then you have to check out, and then you have to bag them, and then you have to stage them all yourself. So it only saves you the delivery time, and you don't get you almost never get tipped on those in-store orders um but i mean that's a subject for another sermon but anyways uh thanks everybody out there for watching uh thanks to gary uh for being a sponsor the the first sponsor of uh the GigTube podcast and uh i will keep running those ads as as long as you want me to <laughs> yeah yeah it's great it's great for me at least <laughs> yeah so uh uh yeah like i said um you want to want to plug your website uh, social media, uh, yeah. anything like that? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I, 
my Instagram's really just a whole bunch of food, but, um, you know, you can search Middleton Technologies on Twitter or Facebook, uh, middletontech.com. We'll actually have uh, all of my apps. There's an uh, R app button on there, mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll have all the apps for the gig drivers. And, uh, yeah, and, and as I get more, they'll be added. Um, you know, like I said, I am looking in Instacart. Um, it, it probably will be more like the, the flex alert app type system, but mm-hmm. I am looking into at least doing maybe some overlays and some alerting to kind of help, help drivers out there too. Cool. Cool. Well, if you need any help on that, let me know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll be <laughs> the first one I send it to be like, Hey, what do I need to change? All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody out there for watching and, uh, I'll see you Sunday night with the, the news. So check out Gary, I put links to everything in the description below. And uh, have a good night. All right. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Chad will be back Sunday with his co-host Hannibal, discussing the latest news, trends, and viral posts from the delivery and rideshare sectors of the gig economy. Until then, keep hustling.